welcome to my podcast which is all about changing your business and money reality this is your master money coach dr gaurav deka and you are money hello my friends how have you been so welcoming you all to the ninth episode of this podcast so there's a little construction going on uh, outside today uh, so i hope you'll bear with the noise so this episode is called making money with a lean business but before i jump into the real content of the podcast um, i know that you all look forward to listening to listening from me um what i did in the whole week you know this entire week i was consumed with making a lot of videos for my upcoming program ataps which is starting in october 2022 so it contains a lot of uh, modules you know different different model, modules which i'll talk to you about in the end of this episode and uh, and i had to record them initially we were thinking where to record how do we go about it then i said chuck it i'm going to record it in my home you know i have a beautiful home i will not go out and you know take all that hustle energy with me and try to figure out where to do how to get the lights how to have the flip chart how to you know arrange for the place for every single video no i said that i'll just do it because people are more interested in my content than whatever else is around it right so and then you know that that gets tiring like you you make these videos and then it gets tiring by the end of the day uh that's why i've shifted my sessions to just one day and the rest of the days i make content i write my emails i make the videos that's what i do and by evening i usually try to disconnect and not go into any businessy businessy stuff <laughs> and i just try and read something else recently um a friend of mine gifted me this book uh by alif shafaq called the 40 rules of love i'm enjoying reading that book so much you know cutting off from work and stuff and uh and i'm i'm also going going back to netflix from which i had taken a break and i was watching this brilliant documentary this brilliant documentary called minimalism less is now and i was absolutely blown over by what the movie was showing by what this docu series was showing you know something really went off in my head so these two guys joshua fields milburn and ryan nicodemus they are the two filmmakers who basically show us how we are victims of a consumerist culture right basically it shows all those you know experiences and people i mean as people we always have a tendency to buy more have more and again then hoard all of that and don't even know if we are going to use anything of that right so so it shows you know experiences of so many different people who um are decluttering their houses giving away a lot of stuff you know living in a in a space excuse me living in a space where they are sort of decluttering a lot of stuff giving away a lot of stuff and making the space more leaner and cleaner around them okay so it shows how we unconsciously 
you know, buy so many things just to have more of it. And because it's easy, because it's just at the click of a button, that's why we don't even have to think about it while we are buying it. So all of this buying is actually happening unconsciously, right? Like we just go and buy stuff and we want to fill our houses, fill our place with more and more stuff. You know, sometimes even I have gone through that. I mean, I don't, sometimes I don't know how many pairs of shoes I have. And then suddenly I discover that, oh, I haven't worn this shoe for the longest time. Why is it in my shoe box? Right? Similarly, you know, there are shirts and t-shirts that I haven't worn in a very long time. Or I have bought them, but I have completely forgotten about them. And I just co keep going back to the same shirts, to the same t-shirts that I wear. Probably because I find my comfort there. I just like wearing them. And the ones that I don't wear, maybe they are somewhere behind, you know, at the back racks of the wardrobe. And some someday, you know, you take a shower, you go and you search your wardrobe, and you clean your wardrobe, and then you figure out that, oh, there is a lot of stuff lying there, which I don't use. And that happens to all of us, right? That happens to all of us. Many of us do it unconsciously. Many of us do it because we just we just go out or we just discover something on the internet and we we like it, right? We like it. There's an instant liking. And because we have the resources, we feel that this is something I must have or I should have or I would like to have, right? So therefore, we, we, we get it. We buy it. And because buying is also very easy, there's too many options out there, right? But if we go one step deeper, if we go just one step deeper into this, we will realize that most of these buying, you know, the action of buying is happening also because of unprocessed emotions, of undigested experiences, because we are not in touch with our authentic thinking. To be able to think clearly and to be able to think in a way where we feel that, okay, this thought is traveling in one line and goes into one direction. Because we are constantly bombarded and stimulated by so many things around us, right? For example, I'm thinking of making this podcast right now. But at the same time, I do want to go and check my phone if there is any new notification. And I might see a WhatsApp message, I might see an Insta post, or I might see a Facebook post, which might be talking about something that I like or something that I don't like. And suddenly my attention is diverted to that, right? And then I start scrolling. And then it occurs to me that I haven't done XYG, XYZ chore that I go, need to go and do, right? So I go for that. And, and by the time I return, I realize that, oh, I was supposed to record my podcast and that has not happened yet. Because there is a lot out there in the environment. I often say that, you know, we are not able to think clearly because we are not in touch with our own thoughts. And we are not in touch with our own thoughts because we are constantly in touch with other people's thoughts. Right? I'm going to say it again. We are not in touch with our own thoughts 
because we are constantly in touch with other people's thoughts, right? That's what happens. So we cannot also have clarity of thoughts when there are too many things in the head. When we haven't processed our emotions, when there are triggers in our environment by which we get triggered, when there are unwanted emotions that come up when we want to create something, when there is anger, frustration, and irritation that builds up, when I want to write a post that I want to write, but I'm not able to write because I'm consumed by those feelings and thoughts, right? So then my action becomes haphazard. My action becomes spiky and it goes in all possible directions. I'm going to give you an example. Like one, of the, one of the examples that I keep talking about on my Instagram is also, you know, eating without thinking. Why clean thinking also requires clean eating, right? Say, for example, I am frustrated that a business project has not worked out. And now I'm angry with my business partner or I'm angry with my collaborator. And I don't know how to process that. I also don't have an avenue to communicate that. I don't know how to speak about it, right? And all I feel is this fury and rage and anger. That's what I feel, right? And at some point, I start feeling anxiety. I feel anxious that what am I going to do? This project is not working out and then I'm not going to have the money. How will I spend this year? These kind of thoughts, you know, they derail my ability to think in one direction. And then I want to feel better. And when I want to feel better, what I do is I, I, I go to Zomato and maybe I order myself, you know, um, a thick, creamy burger. That's what I do. <laughs> right. And, and then I feel that that's, that's what is going to make me feel good. That's what is actually going to make me feel good. And I get excited about it. However, when I do reach, um, when, I do, when, when I do get the burger, I, I consume it. For the moment, I definitely, definitely feel good, right? But then after two hours, after three hours, uh, I start feeling the anxiety again. I start feeling the fear coming up again. I start having those um, bouts of anger again, right? So it... So what I thought was going to make me feel good now leaves me with some with the same emptiness, with the same exasperation, right? That is happening because I don't have the tools to process my feelings. That is happening because I do not have a way to witness my thoughts. That is happening because I'm not in touch with my own thoughts and my ability to decipher what is causing me so much pain and how to ameliorate it, right? And because I don't know what, it, what to do about it, I go and consume. Because again, you know, this urge, this anxiety that shows up and the stress that comes up, right? The natural, um, the natural action and the natural consequence of any human behavior to this this kind of stress this kind of anxiety is consumption people want to consume people want to have something it feels like a void therefore they want to like fill that up isn't that so and because the void cannot be filled 
That's why they want to endlessly consume, right? And it's not only consumption of food. It could be consumption of anything. Scrolling mindlessly on Instagram. Going to Facebook posts of other people and trying to comment and prove your point and getting on a battle and you feel that that's your purpose and you want to get on a battle, right? Or <laughs> going to a shop and buying this beautiful dress that you feel is going to make you feel so good. It's going to solve all your problems. However, when you come home and you try the dress and then you try it in the next day, you feel that, okay, it's not what I had thought it to be. It's not that great. I don't know. Why did I pick it up? Similarly, getting a new phone, getting a new computer, having a new set of cutlery, getting a new bag, even new books. You know, I know people who have, who have, you know, who hoard, hoard books and stationaries and never also go back to reading them and don't use them, right? But then these are also a result these are also a result of this fact that we, in our stress mode, we, when we are not in touch with our thoughts and emotions, we, when we don't have the tools to look deeper and inside and resolve it inside, project all of that in the outside world. And the projection propels and compels us to consume. And then we consume unconsciously, right? I sometimes call it, the unconscious physical creation, your stress, what I mean to say is your stress can create unconscious physical creation. Why is that so important? Why is it so important to look at the unconscious physical creation, right? Let me tell you what unconscious physical creation is in the, in the beginning. So unconscious physical creation, number one, number one is anything that gives instant gratification to the consumer but returns to them the same emptiness and the same exasperation. Number two, anything that leaves waste and residue that cannot be processed further or recycled. Number three, anything that is hoarded and gathered to feel better that in the long run is too much of a load on planet Earth to be replenished. So that's what is unconscious physical creation. That so much is being created. And the more we consume, the more we create. Like going back to the example of ordering a burger, which is, which is an okay thing. And mind you, I'm not going and policing people around that. Why are you ordering stuff? That's not what I'm doing. I'm looking at the thoughts that are there behind what you buy and what you consume, right? I'm compelling people to look at their own thoughts. When they buy a new phone, when they buy a new bag, when they buy a new computer, when they buy a new wardrobe, when they buy a new house, whatever, what thoughts go behind that? And if these thoughts are thoughts of, you know, thoughts that we are not aware of, these are unconscious thoughts, and behind these unconscious thoughts are feelings of anxiety, desperation, and anger, and sadness, and grief, then the solution is not those objects. The solution is not what you are consuming. The solution is 
to look to those thoughts, to, to get coached on those thoughts, right? Now, going back to unconscious physical creation. So all of these unconscious physical creation are a result of our undigested experiences, which again are a result of traumas in our past, right? When we went through a difficult experience, like a loss in our business, like a friend betraying to us, we went through a divorce, we went through a, you know, a demotion, we didn't get that promotion, we went, you know, went through an abusive marriage, you know, we had a fight with our mom, and those are traumatic experiences in our life. And we didn't know how to process those traumatic experiences. So time by time, day by day, month by month, these feelings keep surfacing in our body. They keep surfacing in our inner world. And we have all kinds of, you know, thoughts that make us feel scattered. And then we go and consume, right? So, you look at this whole arc, it's beginning from trauma, it's beginning from experiences which are not digested, which are not witnessed, which are not um, looked at, written down, processed, right? Because no one has the tools to do that. However, we don't realize what impact we are having on this planet, planet Earth, by consuming and producing so much of this. The more we consume, the more we you know, produce. When we talk about the example of the burger being ordered, right, we are creating a lot of non-recyclable waste. All the cutleries that they come with the paper boxes or the plastic boxes they come with. There is a person driving to your place to deliver. There is carbon footprint that has been created. The petrol and gasoline in the air, right? And we are not thinking of those things because at that time, we are, we, we are uh, in the grip of our unconscious thoughts in the grip of that desperation and, and anxiety, right, that we want to cope with. So we feel that the solution is instant gratification, right? We feel that a solution is instant gratification, but it is not. Your desire for instant gratification in that moment is producing a lot of unconscious physical creation, which is weighing heavily on this planet. So your unprocessed emotions, thoughts, and traumas actually lead to more and more unprocessed objects, unprocessed waste, unprocessed non-recyclable material on planet Earth, and the Earth cannot replenish itself. There is just too much all around, right? Now, I know I've been talking a lot about environment and climate, and that is important. But what is most important is 
what kind of effect can our own traumas and not dealing with them the right way can have an effect on the entire planet, isn't it? That is something to think, right? However, as you know, that the name of this episode is called Making Money with a Lean Business. By now, you may have realized why I talk about leanness. Why did I start this episode talking about the film Minimalism, right? Why do I say less is more? And as the documentary says, less is now. I'm going to talk to you about how all of this that I spoke about relates to selling, right? So many coaches, so many healers, so many trainers and therapists out there, they feel that they have to make multiple offers, that they cannot sell enough with one offer, right? They feel that we have to give a lot in our services and healings. We have to, you know, bring a lot of techniques, a lot of methods, um, give maybe a PDF and then a video and then live healing, live coaching. And then um, along with that, give them an audio meditation as well and give all of that in one session, right? Or in one workshop, like overwhelm the crowd. That's what most people feel because they are guided by their feeling of not enoughness in them. Listen to it again. They are guided by their feeling of not enoughness in them. And they feel that they can be enough by giving everything all at once in one go, overwhelming the crowd. The crowd cannot digest it. The crowd does feel that there is a lot of stuff. But not only they don't consume, or even if they consume, they are not getting the result that they came for, which is the ability to think clearly because they are bombarded by so many things. I used to get a lot of clients who would, who would go to coaches, who would go to therapists, where they, they would give them a lot of things. But then still the issue would be unresolved because the issue would be very simple. The issue would be something deep and core and it boils down to one single thing, right? So many people feel that, you know, if I'm taking 15,000 rupees per session, then I have to give journaling as well, along with therapy and then coach them as well and then give them these worksheets and then give them these, you know, audios, right? And then give them these movie recommendations and they must finish reviewing these, these, these books related to therapy. I say it doesn't work like that. You are overwhelming your clients. You feel that your clients, your prospective client is going to buy your program because you give so many things. But that's not true. And I see this even in websites. So many therapists, so many coaches, they have website and they have put every single thing they can, you know, under the sky. <laughs> <laughs> in their website that's what they do and people go there and they almost feel that they're having a headache because there are just too many things you know leave consuming leave buying 
they can't even go through the website material because there is so much to read. It is so text heavy. What am I going to read? How do I make a decision? I'm going to have a decision paralysis, right? Similarly, there's so many people who say that, I mean, uh, coaches who say that, you know, they have to, they are on this degree collecting spree. They jump from one certification to the other and they feel that I have to keep on collecting degrees. Mind you, it's as, you know, it's as, uh, it's the same thing as, you know, collecting a lot of stuff, thinking that it's going to make you feel better. Buying one dress after the other, thinking how you don't like your body will be solved by wearing those dresses, right? How you feel about your body is associated and melts down to your own sense of inner self-worth, right? It has got nothing to do with what you wear, you know, how much exercise you do, right? What great food you eat. If you continue to talk to your body in a critical way, oh, I don't look like, you know, my thighs, you know, and, you know, my face is full of freckles. I hate it. And, you know, look at these flabs near my neck. I just don't like them. I wish I had a body like so and so. When you do that kind of thing to your own body, you cannot resolve it by, you know, buying more dresses, wearing more makeup, right? Eating better food. No, it's an emotional relationship. Similarly, when your self-worth is, you, you foundationally place it on the number of degrees or the certifications that you need to become a good coach, to become a good healer. Oh, I haven't learned regression therapy, so I'm not a good coach. I haven't done CBT, therefore, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't know how to do EMDR, so I must go and learn it. That's the reason why clients are not coming to me. No, that's not true. You are simply collecting and hoarding more and more certificates and degrees. And you are doing it because of your own unconscious emotions, own unconscious thoughts. And the underlying thought, underlying feeling is, I am not good enough. Work on that. Work on that feeling. Get yourself a coach not a new certificate. Instead of spending that money on the new certificate, invest in a, in a coach. Invest in a program which will let you, compel you, inspire you to look at your own thoughts, to witness your own thoughts, right? And the same goes for techniques. I want to use NLP. I want to use breath work. I want to use EFT all in everything in one session. It doesn't work. You're going to, you're going to overwhelm your client, right? If you give them one single thing, and if, in, if you can go deep with that and help your client reach the core issue, the core emotion, the core thought, and only teach them to look at the thought, witness that thought and work with it, it is enough, right? And we have this feeling that simple things don't work because somehow we have made this strange connection of if my processes are complex, if it's a difficult, you know, complex, you know, intervention, then deep healing happens. Simple things don't work. Lean models don't work. 
it has to have a lot of stuff in it it has to be complex that's when people are going to buy it because they will associate the complexity of what i'm offering with getting a lot of value and that my friend is a lie right <laughs> i know this feels like a ranting but then this is true this is this is truth actually the other day there was a friend at my place and she was talking about inner child healing i was teaching inner child healing a few years back and and then she said you know gaurav i haven't learned inner child healing from you but it comes naturally to me but then i don't think i know the steps and therefore can you tell me the steps of inner child healing and i said listen the the process in which i taught inner child healing has a number of steps but the way you do inner child healing may not have those many number of steps and then she said oh is then the healing complete am i doing it the right way i said did you ask your client that did you ask if they felt better if they felt healed if they could know where their emotions were coming from did they feel empowered after you spoke to them or after you made them witness and then she said yes i said that's the right method that's the right method you do not have to have the same method from everywhere you could be the inventor of your method and it will depend more on how your client feels than what i tell you that these are the 12 steps of inner child healing you have to do these 12 steps you cannot miss you know step 7 and step 8 you have to do it we don't do that right we don't do that because then what happens is we are putting this idea in the world that only complex things work things that have a lot of steps to it it has to have somehow the feeling of more the feeling of more has to be associated with a process that's when the healing will happen and that's a lie as i said you know earlier in the last um i think the last 3 years i and my partner we were traveling elsewhere but before that whenever we would be in delhi during my birthday we would go to this beautiful forest called mangar which is very close to faridabad near delhi delhi ncr and you know i would go there and it would be surrounded by a lot of trees a lot of plants it's a sacred forest and at the end of the forest where all these grooves are there is a beautiful um, temple a mandir and a nice lake right and once we went there and i and i felt why i love this place so much why what does it remind me of i was not able to uh, understand i was not able to intellectually place it and then i stood there near the lake and suddenly i got this flash from my childhood where where you know i would feel my safest best when in the evenings i would go to a lake behind my house in rupnagar that's in guwahati assam and i had this flash and immediately tears started flowing down and i could close my eyes and visualize that little child who is just 3 to 4 years old and smiling and laughing looking at that lake at the backyard of his house and behind his house and i could literally feel embracing him in my body healing can be that simple 
I was reminded of my safe space. And that's the safe space I can go back to in every session of mine with my therapist, with my coach, because I had that experience in Munger. I did not go through a complex process. It was not a lot of techniques with which my body was guided to that experience. I did not learn to communicate with my inner child by, you know, so-and-so process which has 50 different steps. It was a bodily experience for me. It was a deeply moving emotional experience for me, which healed so many things that I was carrying. And it happened as a result of me being able to witness my feelings, witness my thoughts. And that's what I keep telling everyone, that you need to reach a state through healing, through coaching, where you are able to be in touch with your own thoughts and to be able to process everything that is behind so that the thoughts that you have today guide you to the desire, to, your, to the aspiration of what you want to achieve in life, right? So when it comes to my own coaching business, I completely believe in a lean model. Right? I completely believe in a lean business, lean selling. So for example, ATEPS, my business and money coaching program, it has a very lean model, right? It starts in October. When the person, when, when the you know, participant, the client enters ATEPS, they are simply guided into a learning portal, a membership portal where they have access to five modules, and then they meet me every single week for life coaching calls. And I just sell one program. Like I'm not selling multiple programs in one go. Right now, and maybe for the next one year, I'm just going to sell one program. Because I have clear thoughts about this program. My thinking is very lean that I am going to sell and create maximum amount of sales through this one program only, right? And I want to make this process easy for myself. So I'm going to keep the components of that program very, very simple. The components are going to be very, very simple. I have five modules which are pre-recorded that a person can have access to when they join ATEPS, the first module is on how thoughts shape your reality and your selling. The second module is all about social media and you. The third is about body and its co-relationship to business. The third is about energy, energy work in business. And the last is about sales, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> so. And, and I'm just very clear about these modules. What I'm offering, I'm absolutely clear. And that's why people who come and ask me about ATEPS or go to my Instagram or go to my Facebook, I have a Facebook group called You Are Money, which is a free group, are very aware of what I'm selling, what I'm offering to them. They know that these are the five modules they're going to get. There is no confusion there, right? Why is that happening? Because my offer 
is very lean and structured. It doesn't, it doesn't um, take you to several places, right? Then we have a private podcast, right? Where all the coaching calls that will happen every single week will be uploaded so that people can listen to these coaching calls even on their phones, right? And then we have one workbook, which is enough. I'm not at this moment creating multiple workbooks. We may have books, but not workbooks. And we will create them over a period of time, not in one go, so that people can consume one book and slowly move on to the next when, it, when that happens, and then consume that slowly, digest it, process it, and then move on to the next, right? This is what a lean model is, which does not take you to several places. Like I talked about those websites, which takes you to all kinds of places possible, you know, creating a decision paralysis and you don't know what you can do. You know, you become confused. It's like going to, it's like going to 24-7, you know, and then there's so many things. There is, you feel that you need the toothpaste, you also need the bottle of milk, <laughs> then you also need... Uh, a packet of chocolate, you also need an Uncle Chips, you also need, you know, to um, buy 20 different kinds of juices. You're bombarded and you feel that you need all of those things. And you do that because you're not in touch with what you truly need, what you truly want, right? And that can happen only when I make my offer simple enough for you to understand. And that can happen when I have a structured, lean thinking before I make that offer, right? Even when I make my offer, I just say, I just simply say, you know, if you are a coach, if you are a healer, if you are a therapist, ATEPS is the place where you make money. That's it. I don't try to explain. I don't try to give too much of information. I don't try to bombard you with how you're going to make money and all of that this and that and this method and that, that method. No. My offer to you is, if you are a coach, if you're a healer, if you're a therapist, the simple truth is, ATEPS is the place where you make money. Right? And right now, my website is being reconstructed and even there, I have given strict sort of um, information. <laughs> I've, I've given strict, you know, I've informed them and I've told them that you know we are not going to include a lot of stuff we are not going to create chaos here we are simply going to list down our offer in a very clean precise manner so that instruction is very very clear to all of them all of the people who are building the website and again the price also is now one single linear price which is you come to ATEPS you pay two and a half lakh rupees or 3,333 US dollars and you have access to everything that is inside ATEPS for an entire lifetime. It's as simple as that. And by lifetime, I truly mean a lifetime, okay? <laughs> And I'm doing this not because, you know, I want to think about subscription next year and then I want to change the model in the next six months and then I want to charge them yearly. No, 
the simple model is come to ATEPS, pay two and a half lakh rupees or three 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 USD and just be there for an entire lifetime right and we keep meeting for coaching every single week and that's what I've realized that such a lean model always helps me to grow better instead of focusing on multiple things multiple processes multiple ways of selling multiple channels where I need to be available you know multiple offerings that I will make I don't do that because that takes away my power to think clearly that takes away my power to create consciously then I unconsciously create but what I truly want to do is consciously create and create less create less so that I'm able to serve my people way more powerfully than creating more unconsciously creating more without giving proper thought into what I'm creating creating more from a place of anxiety desperation insecurity stuffiness right because when you focus on multiple things and you try to create and consume right the more you consume the more you create as I said you do that from unprocessed thoughts about the multiple things that are there in your head and it doesn't allow you to have a streamlined thought process and this is the reason why coaching needs to be a priority right I'm not condemning people for buying things they like once again you may like to buy a new phone you may like to buy a new dress you may like to buy you know a new house you may like to buy a new wardrobe new pair of shoes right but before you da do that you need to have access to your original thoughts you will have access to your original thoughts when you have tools to witness those thoughts to engage that those thoughts to locate the places where those thoughts come from to go behind those thoughts to the unprocessed emotions and feelings and finally go back to the traumatic origins of those thoughts and that is why coaching and healing which is trauma informed like the ones we do it becomes super duper important that is the reason that should be on the priority list of the next set of items that you are going to buy from a conscious thinking brain okay so guys thank you so much i'm going to meet you next week and see you soon bye bye if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are willing to change your business and money reality head to my free coaching community on facebook called you are money link is in the show notes and do not forget to leave a review on spotify.com or apple podcast thank you so much